All right, hey, we're going to wrap up our uh, last, uh, uh, the last part of our series on giving and tithing. Uh, we're calling it the Tithers Bill of Rights. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about promotion. The last few weeks we've talked about provision, that when you give, when you trust God. Again, uh, this is not God's get-rich scheme. Uh, God's not after your money. He is after your heart. Uh, if he has your heart, he has anything that you got. And you realize everything that you have belongs to him anyway. So uh, you'll be obedient with it. Uh, God is not opposed to money. He's not opposed to you having things. For years and years in the church, there was this mindset of, oh, you got to suffer for the Lord. You got you know, Christ suffered on the cross. The fullness of the wrath of God was poured out on the cross, the Bible said. So God's not trying to beat you down. He's not trying to pour his wrath out on you. That happened on the cross. Now, does that mean that everyone's, everyone's going to get rich? If you have Christ, you're already rich. You've got everything you need. He said, I'll supply your needs according to my riches and glory. Uh, whatever condition, whatever circumstances you're in, whether you live right here in this neighborhood or the surrounding areas, or whether he moves you into a hut in the middle of Uganda, whatever place you're going to be in, you're going to have your needs supplied. That is wealth. That is being rich. You know. Now, the Lord, the Lord allows certain people to to walk in opportunities and doors to experience various financial uh, freedoms or financial blessings or, 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 or whatnot. But that's because that's part of their journey, their purpose, part of your journey, part of your purpose or whatever. And, and there's principles that you can use that, that will bless you if you're wise and, and the Lord will lead you on how to do all that stuff. But, but that's not what the whole issue is about with tithing. The tithing is really just an action of faith and an action of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave the most valuable thing that he had. And that was Christ, his word. He gave his word in, in flesh. And so that's, that's really what we're moving into. Uh, at the same time, uh, folks get really uptight when you talk about money in church, right? And we don't spend a lot of time here at Gathering Church because uh, there's far greater things that God has in store for us. But, but Jesus spent about a third of his ministry talking about money and, and possessions, because he wanted folks to understand how, it, how to operate in it and, and how to deal with it. Uh, and so uh, it's not something we should shy away from. Uh, the, the Bible said that God gives seed to the sower. So if you become a sower, if you sow seed, then according to his covenant with us that, that you know, we were grafted into with Abraham, where he says, look, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to make you a great nation, I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. Uh, according to his covenant and his promise with you, he obligates himself to provide seed. If you are a sower, he's going to provide the seed for you. So if you want to always make sure you have provision, become a sower, become a giver in life. Not just in finances, in everything in life. Whatever you need in life, sow it. If you need love, you need friendship, uh, you need peace, you need uh, a soundness of mind, all that stuff. Sow it, give it, help folk. Be open to it. So that's really what uh, uh, tithing opens the door to. So uh, let's get into our key verse that we've read the last few weeks. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will, if you do what? If you bring all the tithe in, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And this is the one time you're going to see God say this. He says, try it. Put me to the test. 
Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from the insects and diseases. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Now, I want us to concentrate on this area here today. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Man, think about that. That's the heathen nations, the godly nations, the peaceful nations, the warring nations, all the, no matter, no matter what the background of the nation was, they're going to call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So these are the three uh, rights for the tithers, that when you tithe, he promises you provision, which is, he said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out an uncontainable blessing. Protection, he said, look, I'm going to protect you. I will guard your wealth from the insects and disease. I'm going I'm to guard your crops. They're, they're not going to get eaten up by insects and stuff. He says, your fruit will ripen to completion. And then finally, promotion. He promotes you. He expands you. He says, the nations will call you blessed and you will be delighted. You realize that God is not opposed to promotion. He just doesn't want you promoting yourself because your motives are going to be wrong. But he will promote you. If he promotes you, then you're walking in his will. You're, you're doing it for the right reason. Matthew 23, 12. Whoever exalts himself with haughtiness and empty pride shall be humbled. So God, God humbles the prideful, it says. And he'll be brought low. And whoever humbles himself, whoever has a modest opinion of himself and behaves accordingly shall be raised up to honor. In other words, he shall be promoted. So if you're walking of faith, if you're walking according to the word of God, God's going to do the promotion. And that's part of tithing. He said, hey, I'll promote you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to promote you. How, what does that promotion look like? So I'm going to read this real quick. And then I'm excited because we're going to get Bob up here to talk to you about this whole concept of promotion. Isaiah 60, starting with verse 1, says, Arise, Jerusalem. Now, if you read from the Old Testament, you can metaphorically apply it to the church. Anything that talks, deals with Israel or Jerusalem, the capital, uh, is, is the spiritual metaphor of the church. So he's saying, get up, church. Everyone say, get up, church. Get up, church. In other words, he's promoting you. He's raising you up. It says, let your light shine for all to see. Man, it is dark out there. It's a mess out there. If anybody should be shining bright, it should be the children of God. The darker it gets out there, don't get caught up in all this crazy stuff on, on social media and all these arguing and opinions and political circus that's taking place. Be the church. Be the light of the world. He says, he says, the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. The reason why God even had glory floating around this world today is so that it could shine on you. Because you are his people. He wants to promote you. Darkness as black as the night covers all the nations of the earth. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All the nations. Now check this out. And we're, he's talking about money again. All the nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. In other words, in other words cultures and those in authority are actually going to notice you. They're going to see your light. They're going to see how blessed you are. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming home from distant lands. Your daughters will be carried home. Someone needs to hear this. God wants to have, bring restoration into some relationships and into some families today. And that's part of your promotion. Amen? Then he goes on to say, Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy for merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Man, that's the kind of promotion I want to encounter in my life. 
And that's the way the Lord has, has honored uh, the times that I've, you know, I've, for, I, I talked about the other week, that, that from the time I was in my 20s, I, I made a commitment, because I used to be horrible with money. In my early 20s, man, I was in debt already. I, was, I, I couldn't hardly pay my rent on the apartment I had, all that stuff. And I finally said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to return to you what is yours. Not out of religion, not out of feeling pressured, but, but out of obedience and joy. And it became a joyous thing. And from that, from that time, I never, I never missed a bill. I've never been late on anything. Mortgage has always been paid. And he's expanded me. He's expanded me. He's expanded me so that I've been able to just be a blessing to those uh, whenever I can. And that's the greatest joy is just to, be, just to get blessed so much that you've got enough to bless everybody else. And that's the way it is. But what I want to do right now is ask Pastor Bob. It's good to have him back in service with us. I'm going to ask him to come. If you want to grab that, grab that microphone real quick. Uh, get set up. We'll, we'll get it for you. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to ask him. He's going, to, he's going to come up here and share. You need the clicker for slides? Uh, that's what David's for. Ah, okay. All right, so Aaron, Aaron's going to be your... Oh, no, I can do it. Oh, okay. There's <laughs> So... Uh, one of the greatest stories of promotion that, that I'll, I'd love to hear, and it's uh, is, is the story of how God has used uh, the Nehemiah Company, and and how He's promoted uh, what what started out as a very small thing, but they've worked hard just to be obedient to the Lord, and and to apply biblical principles in business, and God has just you know regardless of what's happened in life, God keeps promoting and promoting and promoting. So I've asked. Pastor Bob, to share with you guys this story today, to, to back up this principle. Amen. Everyone say, God bless Bob. Man, is it good to be back with you guys. Holy smokes. It's good to be in here. It just feels good and rich and lovely. And Carrie and I are so grateful we're surrounded by such a beautiful, committed group of people. Uh, I want so badly for the Viridian families to experience what Carrie and I have experienced in just exponential fashion, uh, particularly in the last year with what we've been going through, both in the church, <clears throat> in the company, at the mission, the different church families that I get to participate in, and uh, the wealth of love that has poured out on us uh, is ridiculous. It's, it's just it's that pressed down, overflowing, you know. Uh, it's great. <clears throat> so I do understand that you know, these tithing concepts and how we define wealth really are about being just surrounded by the body of believers. And whatever trial we go through, being going through those trials with Christ, going through those trials with the hands and feet of Christ, which is you guys, uh, is, is, is what it's all about. Uh, but there are some biblical principles, too, that we need to pay attention to. Um, and promises that the, that the Lord gives us, and, and, and that's good. And, and it's good to practice those things and have an expectation about that. Um, how much time have I got so I don't go over somebody tell me? Because I can marinate in 15, 20 minutes? 20 minutes. Two hours? Okay. <laughs> I could go on a long time about this, about the Nehemiah Company. Um, so I started my career in 1986. So next year will be 35 years doing what I'm doing in some form or fashion. And um, the two times I was fired from my job um, uh, had to, over those 35 years had to do with my faith in Christ. Who would have thought that? Uh, the first time uh, I was in, got an opportunity to be a developer in Colorado 
after a long banking career, and they hired a corporate psychologist and an organizational development guru to work with me for two years. And they gave me a book called Built to Last, which was a game changer for me. It was all about mission and core values, right? And so through that process, we crafted the Kimball Family Mission Statement in 1998, which is hanging on our wall in our home. And it, it was foundationally about our commitment to Jesus. And, and, and so when the owners of the company, this is Boulder, Colorado, it's kind of an earth mother place, right? Mother Earth is God. And when they saw that they were going to sell the company to the employees and with me leading it, and they saw my mission statement out of all the work we'd done over two years, they realized that they could never sell the company to me because they don't believe in Jesus and they don't want the company to go that route. And so that was painful because we'd built a community there uh, and with those people and it was working and our revenues had doubled and our profits had doubled and, and yet the owners who were lovely people treated us greatly with respect but we were misaligned because of our faith. So you can expect trials on your journey if you stick to the Lord. Um, so when we came back to Texas, we were working with another company and C12, and we started building biblically again. Let's build a culture and organization that foundationally is based on biblical principles. And so we started Bible studies, and we started um, incentive comp programs that would benefit the people that were creating the value. And, uh, and then I was in church at Gateway in June of 2000, I'll never forget, June of 2012, and it's been about eight years with this company, and um, we were walked in, and I, worship was starting, and the Lord filled my spirit. It's the first time, I'm going to call this a Red Sea moment for me. It was the first time where I felt God's presence intervening in my life. And, and what he said to me in church that day was, you're going to be out on your own. You're going to be out on your own. And um, I was overwhelmed with anxiety about that. And Carrie was, you know, I couldn't worship. I wasn't listening to, the, to Robert Morris teach from the Word. And um, on the way out, Carrie goes, are you okay? You just have this, you just look, you know, like you're not feeling. I said, I just have this overwhelming feeling we're going to be out on our own. Um, so I went, I had a consulting assignment down in Harlingen, and we went down there, and I couldn't shake it. And one of the guys down there was a believer and, and ultimately became a partner in the firm later. And he said, you need to get in the Word. So I came home, and um, Carrie, you know, I said, I'm going to go up and, and do what I do. I go sit in bed, prop up with pillows, and grab the Bible and say, all right, Lord, where are we going? And the Lord said, Nehemiah. And I can honestly, I don't remember ever really studying the book of Nehemiah at that time. I wasn't a big Old Testament guy. I've since spent a lot more time in the Old Testament. Um, but Nehemiah, you know, he's a cupbearer for the king, and he got letters of safe passage. And he, you know, I thought, well, he's kind of a developer type. You know, he's rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem, and, and he's establishing biblical principles and re restoring God's people. Um, and that was not on my radar screen in that way at the time. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, couldn't shake it, couldn't shake it. On, around right before the July 4th holiday, so a couple weeks later, I got called in. And, and the owners of the company said, we think it's time for you to go out on your own. That's a really nice way of getting fired. <laughs> uh, and we're going to write you a check for $700,000. 
which sounds like a lot of money, right? But you got to sign this thing over here. And Carrie and I didn't have any money. And we had equity in our house, and we had kids in private schools. That tells you all you need to know. You know, we're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and that was a lot of money, but it also meant tying our hands. Um, and, and so I called Carrie. I said, you're not going to believe this, but I just got called in. And the exact words, you're, you're going to be out on your own. You're going to be out on your own. That's what they told me. And the cool thing about that is because of everything that happened two weeks before, for the first time in my life, I knew this was God. This, this was something that was, I've never experienced before. So this journal, and I was not a journaler. You know, Carrie was the journal, journal. And I journal occasionally. You know, it's a discipline that, that I've developed better now. I'm still not as great a journaler as I aspire to be. Um, and Carrie and I went in here somewhere, if I can find them. Ah, here they are. We, there were so many miracles happening. S verses from different people, all the same verses coming at the same time, that we went to Starbucks and started jotting down. These are my notes from 2012. This was my Red Sea moment. And I got this journal and, and, and you know, the entries. This was August 5th, 2012. I, there was so much I had to type it up and, and put it in the book. And, and it just went on and on and on. And the, there was... There was crazy things going on. Um, so I had to tell the owners to keep their money. I said, Carrie, if we sign that, we'll never have, you know, whatever God's doing, we'll have our, I said, we're going to, you know, this is, and so we said no. And they looked at me really strange. Uh, I said, we're, we're not. And then I remember going to Mission Arlington because I had met Tilly Bergen. And I said, Tilly, God's doing something in my life. And I've never experienced anything like this. And I kind of think eventually we'll get over this and we'll be prosperous again. And I don't want to ever forget. And she cried. And she said, I've been praying for years for someone in North Arlington to come and work with us in this area. She said, you're it. And I said, well, cool. What do I do? She said, well, you're going to pastor an apartment church in, in these apartments up here. And I said, uh, okay. I've never done that before. And I hadn't talked to Carrie about it. And I said, and we're gateway people, you know. Um, and, and so I, I said, okay, we're, we're all in. When do I start? She said, how about next Sunday? So I got to go home and explain to Carrie that we're leaving gateway and we're going to be uh, pastoring a department church. And Carrie was not really happy with me about that. <laughs> that was, it, was not, it was not a good day for us. Um, and, and, but she, you know, obviously she's, she came around. Um, it, it was, um, when we left, what was interesting, do you remember the Nehemiah story about the letters of safe passage from the king? Okay, well, when, when the bond people in the city of Arlington found out that I was leaving this place and would not be associated with Viridian, it had just launched, you guys. I mean, it was 2012, right? Our first homeowner moved in in October. Uh, the mayor... And the bond people in St. Louis sent letters to the capital people in Boston and said, this can't happen. You talk about promotion and favor. Okay, so you have this wealthy family who's friends with the governor, and you have Bob, who has no money except his little house. And, um, and God said, I got this. And so we got letters of safe passage. And so the capital people 
and responded to that and called the owners and said, hire them back. And then they said, no, we're not going to. Oh, yeah, you're going to do that. Remember in this joint venture agreement, you, we control who works on our projects, not you. And um, so they called me and said, you want to come back? And I said, nope. <laughs> um, that <laughs> trust had been violated, and I'm, I don't want to come back. And the Lord just told me to be still and be quiet. So eventually what happened was um, the partners in Boston terminated and fired the other folks, hired us. And to this day, all of our overhead is paid by that firm. Viridian supplies everything we need. And from that, we, we started with six people, Howard and Deborah and Bob and Donnie and Karen. Um, I'm missing somebody, probably Jason. Al, Al that's right. Um, and uh, I didn't realize how many people we had. I had to prepare a bank presentation two weeks ago, and I kind of lost track. And um, with what we're doing and with what Nikki and TJ are doing in ECM, uh, we're at 45 people. We're going to hire 20 more people in the next 18 months. 20. Um, and we were thinking about expanding into some other markets, and one of them is Atlanta, and there was a guy that called me, and he's a big Atlanta guy, and he said, uh, uh, oh, man, I got, I got the guys for you, or the gals. And we know all the young folks that would be awesome to join your company. And I went, oh, cool, and I hung up. And then, and then I had to call him back right away. I said, I said uh, uh, there's a little bit of a problem you, you don't know about us. I said, we're, we're, um, this person might have a, potentially a cap on their net worth, like when, the, when are the barns full? And we're, we lead with our mission, which is creating value to restore hope by knowing him and making him known. And he said, oh, that's going to that's gonna shorten the list a little bit of who would be interested. And I said, that's, we, we want this company to be the Lord's company. And I can't tell you, you know, when, when Nikki and TJ, when the Lord allowed that to happen, um, it, it was a dream of ours not to... Not, net, you know, succession planning. You know, how do you keep the mission alive for the Lord? Because it's his mission. And so it would be a shame if it just was one generation. And it, so um, Nikki and TJ were an answer to Howard and I's dream of how do we find another, another generation that wants to continue the mission. And we'll work together on how do we do that again and again. And, um, and do that in a way to where, you know, there's trust and... and delegation of all the control and ownership and I mean it's amazing and it's it's beautiful um, now here's here's the Red Sea moment for me um, we got after it became apparent that they were going to get fired we got sued for torturous interference I, I know a lot more about what that word means than I did um, and so these verses um, all this stuff happened and and this journal Chloe, Carrie went and got this journal. It says, I know the plans I have for you. Remember that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11? Um, this was a newer verse for me in my world in 2012. Now it's like, you know, it's my go-to, right? Um, and so Carrie bought this journal, and she said, the Lord really laid on my heart this journal for you, and that this verse is important for you. So we, we're sitting in church, and the pastor gets up, and she just handed me this from the bookstore at Gateway. And the pastor got up, and he said, this is one of those miracles. 
He said, I just have had this burden walking up on stage that somebody out there needs to hear this verse. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Huh? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Ah, Carrie and I are high-fiving. And everybody's looking at us like, what's up with these people? You know, uh, there were so many of those. It was just confirmation after confirmation. It's almost like the Lord knew, you know, I got, I got a slow one here. I'm going to have to beat him over the head with miracles so that he can believe it. Um, the, the, um, I, 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 I do think, looking back, well, here's the Red Sea moment. The other thing I didn't realize until I went back and read this in preparation for today was that when the Lord said, you're going to be out on your own, he also was preparing me. He took my dad uh, that same, within months of that same event. So in, in December of, that, of 2012, I lost my dad. And it was, it was a sweet. I got to spend time with him. I got to pray Psalm 23 with him. Um, and, and he got to time travel and come back and tell me his time travels, you know, through this period of hospice. And, um, and you know, it was good. It was good. Dad was a believer. And he was my buddy. He was my mentor. And so the Lord really meant it. He said, when you're being out on your own, you know, you're going to be out on your own. You're, I'm taking your mentor and bringing him home. And, I'm, and because you're too chicken to go out on your own, I'm going to push your butt out there. And, and, and you're going to do it. Um, so when we got sued, I didn't, you know, this is a four, three, four hundred thousand dollar kinds of lawsuits. You know, um, I learned that wealthy people love to sue people sometimes because they know you don't have any money. And so, you, you know, it's it's not well, it's not who's right or wrong. It's who has the resources. So my best friend, this is how God does stuff. My best friend, when when we were single out of college, John DeFeo had a we had we bought a boat together and he's a young lawyer. He's an unbelievable litigator. And I called John and I said, I don't have any money. I don't know when I'm going to be able to pay you, which is a great way to start out with your friend. <laughs> and I said, and this is going to be really expensive. And uh, John said, I got it. He says, I got it. World-class good. So there's this army of attorneys, like eight attorneys, and then there's John. And, um, and because you have truth and love and God on your side, uh, and you've honored those principles, um, you know, it was expensive, but we went through it, and God poured, you know, he opened the part of the Red Sea, pushed us through it, and when those guys started chasing us, he just dumped the water on them. And, and they, they, he cleared the path for us to, to march on and be Nehemiah, to, to walk out what it means to rebuild cities and minister to people in it. Um, and the, 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 the uh, and I'm, I'm comfortable with, you know, when when, because of all of this, when people compliment or elevate, which happens in the political world and out there, particularly when you have a project as successful as Viridian, um, it, it, it was uncomfortable for me. Um, and, and I realize now, hey, it's important to tell a story because it's really God's story. It doesn't have anything to do with us. He did all of it. You know, we didn't do any of it. Um, he, and, and he prepared us. What we did do, though, is we continued to pursue him always. Even, even in the face of losing my job, um, we continue to always say, you know, our, our organizing principle is going to be Jesus. And we're going to hang our hat on that, wherever that leads us, through whatever difficulties. 
Some of these other verses that, um, next, the, the next slide, that, that, you know, Joseph and Potiphar, and, and, and you know, I had, a, I had my Joseph moment, right? Um, what is that? Ding, ding, ding. Time's up. Sorry, guys. It's not a fire alarm. It's Bob. Bob needs to be done alarm. Uh, I'll take that as a cue. Okay, Lord. Uh, you're going to go through stuff, right? If you're a believer and you love the Lord and you're faithful to his principles, uh, people are going to think you're crazy. Um, this friend in Atlanta on this new hire, he's like, you know, I'm sure he hung up going, okay, these guys are a little crazy. Um, the, we tithe at our company corporately, um, and I want, I want to do more than that. So there's Barnhart Crane, a couple of brothers who started a crane company. They move big stuff. If you've got something giant that needs to be moved, they're your people. Okay? And they made a commitment that they would give half of their earnings to Kingdom Work from the very day they started. And um, last year they gave $20 million to Kingdom Work. That means their net profit was $40 million. Okay. Mr. Barnhart pays himself $100,000. He has a modest home and a barn. Okay. That's it. They capped their compensation. Now, I don't know where your barn's full cap is, right? But we're having those conversations. You know, as the company is starting to be successful, we're having that. You know, we need to build the corporate balance sheet. We're starting to have those conversations. And Lord, I hope we can get to where we can give away half of our earnings every year to Kingdom Work. It's amazing. And I forget how much. When, when you think about in, since 2012 to, to now, the amount of Kingdom Work that's going on, because the Lord separated the Nehemiah team and those six people who God just, you know, and we were misfits in a little bit. of If you know our people, if you know us and you're we're a little, you know, we're a little quirky. Um, but it works, and, it, and there's forgiveness, and there's love in our culture. And we're human. We're, believe me, we have to fight all the same battles we all fight, right? But the one difference is we have this thing that we come back, and it's, there's forgiveness and there's love. Um, and, and that's the center of what we do. And I don't, you know, I just am amazed at what the Lord's doing. I stand and I, I can't even keep track of it anymore. And, um, and our people, the, the people the Lord's assembled. And, you know, Kate and JJ, what an impact they've made on our company and on the church and on the sailing center. And, and the way you lead and organize us, you know, we need that. Um, and it's just a miracle how JJ came and Robin and Nikki and TJ. And what, Nikki and TJ, did you guys think in a, in a year? Was it been a year? All right, so they came on 19 months. Has it been almost two years? Wow, went by fast. Okay, well, they, these, this, I mean, what the Lord's doing with them? Um, well, I was looking at a pipeline report the other day because TJ's given me the task to go meet with the banks. Um, we're, you know, we're in, we got $200 million worth of projects out there that he's responsible for. Did you think that was going to be the case when we started? We've, we, 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 and we didn't, you know, I got a call in the hospital in Utah in this equity group. Um, this same guy from Atlanta was checking on me and Carrie, and, um, actually, and, and he found out what we were thinking about doing, and he hooked us up with an equity partner in California. We closed our first deal this week uh, with them. 
and they want, they, want, they want TJ to put $200 million out. I don't know how to do that. Um, so we have to be really careful, right, uh, with the resources the Lord's entrusting with us. And, and uh, next, let's go to the next slide. And I know I need to close. Um, whoever dwells, you guys know how I feel about Psalm 91. I mean, it's, it, it was my, what the Lord gave me in 2012. You know how when you finally really memorize Scripture, you go back to that when you're, when you're struggling. And for Carrie and I, when Carrie went down last year, this is just where I lived, you know, and, and was angry with God at times, you know. You didn't protect my girl, you know. Well, you know, I, I understand now it's more complicated than that. Than that. Excuse me. Um, um, and I'm good, and my relationship with the Lord is good, and it's rich. And uh, one, one last thing, the next, next verse. Um, it's the Lord, this last verse, 17, you will not have to fight this battle, okay? I'm telling you, he fought, I could not fight all the battles. When we were separated in the Red Sea moment, uh, the Lord fought those battles. And as we've built our company, one employee we've recruited, one. Everybody else the Lord brought. Man, I know it's good when that happens, when he brings people to us that love him that are sold out for him, and that have the unique skills that we have to have to be successful. And the Lord, I think the Lord's blessing them too, to plug into a culture that really does want them to dream big. And uh, last thing, uh, uh, I got a book recommendation from Ryan called Sabbath. And I'm going to buy that book and hand it out to the whole company. Um, it, it just talks about how to do Sabbath. In a, in a way that I'd never thought about it. And um, we, we, I didn't, you know, not all my kids are chasing after the Lord the way I, I want them to. Um, so, you know, I prepared for yesterday to be a Sabbath kind of day, uh, weeks in preparation for that. Now, the kids didn't know that. But, and I almost, you know, I had to wrestle to get them to come out to the barn, you know, and they, they finally, it was the most beautiful day. We had brisket smoking for 18 hours. It was the best brisket I've ever put in my mouth. Ribs, the food. Wasn't, no kidding, right? Have you ever tasted anything that good in your whole life? I mean, it was amazing. And Howard was my coach, so he gets all the credit, right? Howard was my coach. Um, but what was most sweet and tender, we had a bonfire out in the trees, and we had the telescope out watching the stars, and it was all this activity. And then we sat around the dinner table, at dinner, and we went around the table and said what we love about each other. You know, one thing, what, what is it that we love about each other? Now, it took a while because there were seven of us around the table. Um, and Carrie was there listening to all of this. And uh, Chloe recorded it for her because she won't remember in the morning. You know, she has to hear things more than once to retain them. Um, and, and the whole day was ridiculously good. And it, and it was inspired by this book called Sabbath. I encourage you to get it. I encourage you to get it. God is good. His principles work. Um, we get in the way. So my prayer for you is that you get out of your own way and that, and that you let the Lord you know, drive it and depend on him and ask for forgiveness every day. Not, not enough flat, you know, not beating yourself up. Just, Lord, forgive me for missing those things. And then just be joyful and grateful. Even when it hurts, fake it sometimes. You know, if you got to fake it, um, 
it's worth it. Father, we're, we're grateful for your word and, and your principles. We're, we're, we're grateful for those Red Sea moments in our lives. Um, we're grateful that we live in a country where we're free. Father, I, I pray for our congregation. I pray for the people that live in this city and in Viridian in particular, that it's good. God, why wouldn't everybody want to be rich in love, surrounded by the body of believers? Why wouldn't you want that? You know, Father, help us to be the kind of Christians that are attractive, the kind of Christians that draw people in, the kind of Christians without judgment. Father, you do the judging. Let us do the loving. Let us love people well on their journey with you. Father, I'm grateful for this place. I'm grateful for the riches of this community and how they pour out their love on Carrie and I. I, j- I just hope, Father, I can measure up to, to what you have set for the work that you've set before us. And I think all of us, Father, feel that way. We're just crazy grateful for Jesus, for the beating he took for us so we don't have to. And, Father, just help us love well and live well with the time that we have left on this planet. In Jesus' name, we pray.